0: one language but we're all together. There was no I live in Africa, I live over here. We were all together and we all helped build this up. And Nimrod, now where you get that whole, you a Nimrod because Nimrod means stupid in today's language, right? You a Nimrod. But Nimrod was actually a great builder and a great man but he wasn't on what? The right trail. And so this city, Nineveh, was built by Nimrod, this great man. And so Nineveh, this old city. Nineveh today will be like New York, City. even though it said that they may have upwards of a million people at this time, but it wouldn't be like Dallas. Nineveh was something, it was the capital of a great city. It was a capital of the Syrians and so forth. And Nineveh, if you ever been to New York, New York seemed like it is packed. It's really not a spread out city. See, Dallas, we spread out. None of us really, or New York is really compact. None of us kind of going to be like that compact, where everybody's kind of on top of one another, where it's just like you bump into one another. None of us packed. But None of us was so wicked. It was so wicked that God said, you know what? I'm going to destroy this place. But I want you to tell them, Jonah. Well, Jonah was a prophet. Jonah knew if I tell them, they'll get themselves straight. Now, Nineveh was not just a big city, but it was a cruel city. Nineveh was a city where they burned children. Nineveh was a city where they helped to enslave some of the Israelites. Nineveh was a place that was cruel to the Israel, Israelites. It would be like Jonah going to the Ku Klux Klan. It would be like Jonah speaking to them saying, Hey, if y'all don't get, and, he, and Jonah being black, Hey, if y'all don't get y'all set together, God's going to destroy the uh, KKK. Now, how many black people are going to tell the grand wizard of the KKK, you know what, get yourself together, guys. Jesus loves you. And once you come, and and, and, knowing, and then knowing because you said it, they would turn to Christ. How many of us would really do that? And knowing maybe that KKK member killed your grandfather. Maybe that KKK member burned a cross in your yard. Some of us who are young in my generation don't know about that. So what if it was a person that you knew killed your brother? Who you knew killed somebody in your family. What would you say then? Would you tell them about Christ? Would you tell them about the Lord and Savior? And knowing if you told them that they would turn their life to Christ. Would you tell them? That's what Jonah's facing. Jonah's facing a people who hate his people. Who he hates. And knowing if I tell them they're going to come to Christ. Or they're going to come to God. They're going to turn from their wicked ways. Jonah knows this. Jonah's like, I, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that, God. I'm not going to do that. They don't deserve it. Some of us have become the judges in our life. We have judge who we're going to talk to. We are judging like, no, they some bad. You know, we got. you ever had a teacher like, mm, that's a kid going to be in prison. You ever have uh, uh, teachers like that where the teacher spoke into the lives of some of the people, he's just stupid. He's not going to be anything. You ever had somebody like that? You ever had a police officer saying, you know what, he got arrested one time, get arrested again. He ain't about nothing. And saying that, that you not, see, they're judging your life and they're trying to pigeonhole you there. Some of us have done that ourselves, right? We have looked at people and, like, you ain't going to be nothing. You ain't nothing. And we have pigeon held people down. We have not spoken to people about Christ who we know we should have, and and, and it's people at our jobs. No, I don't like so-and-so. I don't like so-and-so. I don't care so and the truth is we're saying I don't care if so-and-so go to hell. It's some folks in our life, in our families. It's some it's some baby daddies who need to know about Christ Jesus. No, I ain't telling them about no Christ. If they sell Christ or not, that'd be on them. I don't care if they go to hell or not. And not that what we're really saying? we say I don't care about my business, and that's what I'm going to take care of. We have been taught that. We have been taught, just care about yourself. Don't care about the other person. And God, so many times saying, it's not about you. It's not about you, Jonah. It's really not even about that brother or sister, or their baby daddy, or that person in the classroom. It's about God. And so we get to the point where we can run away or or we can go to that Tarsha. And so in Tarsha, you see, in Tarsha, you don't have to worry about going to church. You can stay in the bed all day, lay up. You know, you don't, got, you don't have to worry about putting on gospel music. You don't have to worry about getting in God's word. You can fill yourself with TMZ, the TV, and everything else that can pacify you instead of growing your relationship in Christ. See, that's what that Tarsha means. See, me trying to go to the Tarsha place in life is a place that I don't have to get close to God in. The Tarsha place in life is not somewhere I'm getting confronted by God's will, that I'm walking in God's will. When I'm in that place, I'm in a place where I'm saying, huh, I'm not doing anything for the Lord. Have any of us been there before? When we cussing out somebody, we in Tarsha. When we drinking and getting drunk, we in Tarsha. Now I'm talking about and getting drunk. When we gambling and we doing everything else besides trying to honor God, we in torture. When we have said whatever we said to our spouse, our mate, whomever, we're in torture. When we have not done right by our children, we have not been there being supportive, we have not been there like we should have for our children, we're in torture. There's a lot of black men right now who are in torture. There's some brothers who are locked up right now who are in torture, who, w- who wish they made a choice to go to Nineveh. There's some brothers right now who are in loose egg right now, who they found drugs in the car. They were in a torture place. And there's some consequences for being in torture but many of us have been there it's the total opposite of what we should be there's some places that we have been that if we could have changed it today we would because we knew already what we are about to do now this is what I want us to break down that when you when we live in that kind of state that the truth is that we do so much damage to ourselves Because we're not hurting God. Some of us have got so angry with God that we have stopped coming to church. Some of us have got so angry with God we have decided I would not pray. Some of us have become so angry with God and we think we're hurting him. But babies, we're hurting ourselves. Because see, I've been there. I've been there where you're so angry with God that God, you didn't work out my plan like I planned it. You uh, Hear me, you didn't work out my plan like I planned it. Why didn't you follow along with what I said? And you get so angry with God, you shut it down. But the truth is, when you look back, you're hurting yourself, amen? That, that you have held yourself back. Because you, it, that's where we have that struggle. Am I going to be God or is he going to be God? Now understand, I'm a false guy, Amen? Because in Tarsha, I'm going to worship something. I have been built to worship. Many of us have thought we are worshiping ourselves. And we are struggling even in that worship. We are worshiping ourselves in this false God of ourselves. And we are failing ourselves. We are failing our family. We are failing our community. Because we are worshiping ourselves. We, as sometimes pastors, want to build a church just to build a church. Not because of necessity, but because we want to build monuments to ourselves. And then later on, that church is going to bankrupt. Why? Because you know what? You built it for yourself. And not for God God is saying what's your motivation in life Some of us have gone to the job Because we're trying to get a paycheck God said I want you to go to the job for the ministry This is a hard thing to do because see, it's so much at like the job to tempt us to go the other way, just like for Jonah. He was tempted to go the other way. You know they wrong people. You know the of us don't deserve it. Some of us have done that at our job, that we have done so many things, and we are tired of how people have treated us. Some of us have done that in this community. We're tired how folks are doing us. But God is saying, I'm giving you an opportunity to minister, an opportunity to serve, an opportunity to tell others about me. And so we get here in that Tarsha uh, mind state. Which direction are you headed today? Are you headed to Nineveh or are you headed to Tarsha? What is your desire today? Are you walking in God's will or are you walking in your own will? Are you walking on the wide road with everybody else or are you walking on the narrow road? The next thing I want us to question why do we run from God? Why do we run from God? Why do we run from God? We like this brother right here. That's how we view God. We look like it's a dinosaur chasing us, like, oh Lord, let me run. I got to get out of here. Or do we look at God as a God who's looking at our best interests? There's a God who's protecting us, a God who's a father. Some of us have looked at God as an enemy. See, God commanded the prophet to go to Israel's enemy. Jonah's looking at God like, "Uh "Uh-uh, that's not fair. You should go and destroy his people." But He wants him to understand that 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 God is commanding the prophet to go to Israel's enemy. God is commanding. Yes, thank you. But Jonah arose to flee. And I want to just break it down, I want to put it in plain language. He, he rose to flee. He was premeditating what he was about to do. In the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa and found a ship to go to this place. He paid a fare. He said, I'm arriving to run away. I got my money ready. I'm going to pay this. I went down and I'm going to go so I can run away from the presence of the Lord. Some of us have ran to our job every morning so we can run away from the presence of the Lord. Some of us have ran to relationships that we know are not going to honor God to run away from the presence of the Lord. Some of us have ran to the computer knowing that it's not going to give us honor and give God honor so we can run from the presence of the Lord. Some of us have even ran into the church house so we can just not even listen and do everything else besides giving glory and honor to the Lord. Some of us have done that, amen. I have done that, amen. We have been in a place where we have purposely, intentionally ran from the presence of the Lord. But the first question is, can you really run from God? See, Psalms... 139 says wherever I go from your spirit where can I flee from your presence if I go up into the heavens you are there if I make my bed in a death you are there if I rise on wings of the dawn if I set on the far side of the sea even there your hand will guide me your right hand will hold fast to me if I say surely the darkness will hide me and the light comes the night around me even the darkness will not be dark to you the night will shine like the day. For the darkness is light to you. What kind of environment can I hide from God? There is no place I can hide from God. So I might have it in my mind, but God says I'm everywhere you're going. You say you're going to the liquor store? I'm going to the liquor store. You say you're going to the crack house? I'm going to the crack house. You say I'm going to the brokenness of your computer and you on the internet looking and doing and everything? I'm right there beside you. I'm everywhere you think you can't go? I can go. You looking for something In the middle of night in these streets, I'm right there in the middle of the night in them streets. If you say, well, I'm looking in this bed tonight with this young lady or this young man, I'm right there. If you say you're in the classroom and you cheat on a test, I'm right there beside you. You say you're getting ugly with these teachers, I'm right there beside you. Wherever you should go, wherever work environment you should go, I am there. But many of us have run away from God because you know what? The very truth is, the very truth is, the very truth is, we do not want to do the will of God. See, that's a very true. Let's be very honest. I just don't want to do it. Now, you know, as a parent, when you hear that, that, that strange tone come out of your child's mouth, no. You want to... do What? Are you crazy? Are you silly? No. Now, you know you can't be doing all that slapping on the children, but that's why I'm saying you feel. You're like, are you crazy? No. But how many of us have said no to God? God has called you into certain relationships with certain people? No you know life is built upon relationships some of us do not have jobs because you did not want to follow the lord's will and get into that relationship now when i say relationships i'm not talking about boyfriend girlfriend simply that i'm saying god sometimes asks you to make friends with this person there are some reasons why you're at the place you're at because you decide not to make relationships you want to hold up to yourself and you have held yourself back god is saying i i i was going to give you this promotion But you don't even want to build these simple relationships at the job. You don't want to build these simple relationships with your family. You don't want to build simple relationships at church. Because you're trying to hide the ball. You're like, I'm not going to do that. It's it's some relationships. There might be a person right now who's a CEO who does not know Christ. And God wants you share Christ in that present life. Later on that person might hire you. I'm not saying that will or will not happen but why limit yourself when God is calling you to do all things. And then he says you can do all things through me. He says that you're more than a conqueror through me. So why do you come to a place of defeat? But many times we are not in God's will because we simply have chosen I'm not doing that. There's some marriages right now that are on the rocks or now in the place of divorce because I'm not going to do that. There's some brothers right now who are just simply baby daddies and not fathers and husbands because they said, I ain't going to marry her. I ain't going to do right by her. I ain't going to be no husband to her. I ain't going to be no father to them children. There are men right now who the children really don't know they daddy because they made a choice. Do not do God's will. I'm not going to tell you because you got a young lady present, pregnant, you need to get married to her. But I am telling you you need to be a father. There are fathers out here or men out here who are not truly fathers. Because every child needs both of their parents. Bottom line. That's what God created us to be. Two parents. But we got men out here who have made choices. Choices. they say, I ain't going to do that. There are people who are even married who you wouldn't even know they were married because they have made a choice to still live a single life. There are husbands and wives out there who you like, you married? I didn't know you were married. When you see them at the job, they flirting with everybody and everything. you like, you married? Oh, I didn't know that. You don't wear a ring. And you always talk to all the guys at work. I didn't know you were married. My bad. Amen. There's some people in your schoolhouse that are like that. There's some people in the colleges who are like that. You will not know anything. So some of us have simply, simply have not made a choice to follow the Lord. Many of us do not want to be confronted by the Word of God. We run away from God because I simply don't want to do it. Second, I don't want you to confront me with the Word. There's some people who come over some real crappy, I'm going to say crappy, uh, reasons why they don't go to church where well, the preacher don't preach, baby. Is God's word being taught? That's what my question is. Is God's word being taught? Because I'm gonna tell you something. Because I don't know about you, but if you're telling me you know how somebody can preach and not preach, then you've been to seminary. You've been studying uh, the uh, how uh, a preacher should preach. You've been you been you've gone to many churches and you got a, a doctorate or, or some kind of certificate to do an opinion. Because even though no folks that eat. For the newspapers, they got a, 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 some kind of certificate to tell them they know how the food should taste. Some of us say we know how somebody to preach because we think we're preaching those. No, just saying Jesus does not mean he can preach. When we can preach is his word. That's what it is. So we make up decisions and say stuff where they don't sing right. I don't like how they sing. You know why? Because you don't want to be in a place to be confronted with the word of God. I'm being very honest with you. You don't want to be in this place because you don't want to be confronted with the word of God. You don't want light to shine on your roach-infested life, because the truth is, like we all know, when you turn that light on, some roaches they start scattering. Amen. Unless they some thug roaches, they be like, "What? Turn that light back off." <laughs> but most of the roaches be like, "I gotta go. They' about to get killing. I gotta go." But many of us have an infested life full of sin, full of some mess in our life. We on the same corner talking about I go to church. But we on the same corner slanging. We on the same corner talking to every female. We doing everything else but being in God's will. And God is saying, you're not coming to my house because you don't want to get fronted by the darkness in your life. Oh, there's some hard stuff. Because you didn't want to do the will. You didn't want to get confronted by the Lord. And then many of us run away from God because we don't understand our purpose in Him. I don't know if anybody in here will be a doctor. I don't know anybody in here going to be a lawyer. Maybe so. But I do know one thing. We all have a purpose in God to worship Him. We all have a purpose in God to walk with him. We all have a purpose in him to learn his word. We all have a purpose in him to tell others about him. Now, after that, God has given each one of us different stories to tell. Some, some people in here will be teachers. Some will be trash uh, collectors. I don't know. But God has a story for each one of us. But those basic truths that God is saying, if you accept my son, I have a purpose for you. But many of us run away from God because you don't understand yourself. You're so in fear of what God has for you, you're running away from your destiny. You're running away from your destiny. And so we had to consider our, our uh, consequences. There, when when for Jonah, when we get back into what's going on in his life, that 3A, it says there's a downward. Uh, in the the decision. There's a downwardness in the decision. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarsha from the presence of the Lord. He, this man who knew God's word, said, I'm going to leave. I got to go. I, I don't want to try to preach to anybody. I don't care about how they live. living. When we make decisions, our decisions are helping to create our destiny. Your decisions in life help to create your destiny. If you're making a decision to lay down with some fool, you're going to have some foolish things happen to you. Some of us have regretted some of the beds that we've been in. Because of the the outcome that has come back to us. Because we got some folks that don't love us at all. Don't love the children at all. Don't love our house at all. We got some foolish things happening. Some of us have made some decisions on, you know what, I'm going to just drink a little here. And smoke a little here. And snort a little here. And later on in life, our health is deteriorating. I was just watching the story about what's happening, and rerun. You know, the brothers get on that dance and everything. He said he wanted a million dollars, just a million dollars. They said, no, we're not going to give you a million dollars. He helped shut down that show because he wouldn't do right. He got on drugs, he wouldn't do right. He later on in life got himself together. But because of all that addiction that he had on drugs, and all that that, uh, abuse that he did to the body, he died around the age of 50 or his late forties, because of all that abuse, because of those decisions that he had made. The decisions that we make help to create and make our path our destiny. Then we have that downward direction. We have that downward direction. He went down to Joppa and found himself going to torture. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with him to torture to go for the presence of the Lord. When you make your decisions, yes, you have that decision that that is making you go downward. But your downward direction is taking you downward. Your destiny that you're creating by your poor decisions and then you making decisions separately from God is having you go downward in your life. We try to justify so many times, don't we? We justify why we're doing this. We justify why we're living like this. We justify it. our first parents, Adam and Eve, justify why they ate the fruit. It was it looks good for food. We justify our mess. We justify why our stuff is not right. We will justify and make excuses. Well, my mom and daddy didn't love me. At a certain time, baby girl, it's time to get up and say, Lord, I need you. I need to submit my life to you. It's time for us to justify our mess and start making excuses for where we are and then really owning where we are and then giving our life to Christ. And then what happens? we run away from the Lord. What's another reason? Or another consequence? We affect the people around us. If you go into verse 5 and 6, because Jonah was on a boat, these people started praying to their gods. Their gods couldn't do anything because it was false gods. Those gods didn't exist. They said, it's Jonah. That's why we're that's why we going through the storm. Do you understand that when you're not living a life according to God's will, that you affect your children. You affect your neighbors. Now understand you said affect your neighbors. If you're Hanging. And when the police finally come and get you, do you not understand they're going to be hemming up your neighbor too? Do you not understand all the ruckus that you've been going on at your neighbor house? If they, they see that, all they hanging out, they see that? Your life is affecting others. It does not just affect you. When you come to work and you all look frowned up like you don't want to be there, understand you're affecting others. Well, maybe I should be frowned up and I won't be here either. Especially if you're the leader. If I come up in the church every Sunday, <laughs> y'all better get y'all set together. What were y'all? Y'all were like? Well, I guess we're a frowned up church. See, your life affects others. Your life. If, if the if the victory voice of victory get up here and sing sorry like they don't want to be here and barely start playing sorry like she don't want to be here, the worship gonna go down. Amen. They say, I wanna be a friend of God. I wanna be a friend. you be like, man, this church ain't happening. This church don't care about no Lord. This church they frowned up from the from the door. To the uh, for the pulpit, they don't want to be here. What's going to happen? People going to start leaving. People going to start not coming to Christ because of how your life is affecting what your life is affecting others. And so then we get to the last part: sleeping. When all this was going on, Jonah was asleep. Jonah was asleep. When all that storm had raged, Jonah was asleep. And so, you know, some of us do sleep at the job. That's okay. Gonna get caught. Some say I'm on my lunch break, baby. They don't want to see you sleeping on your lunch break. You might want to catch that nap in the car with some tinted windows. That's a side note for you. But some of us are sleeping. God is asking for a spiritual awakening and someone are asleep at the wheel. And you know what sleep? You don't know that you're sleeping. You're sitting there watching TV, and next thing you know, you're in dreamland. And you're thinking you're actually in it. You know, I just had a dream this morning about saber tooth tigers. My lord, why am I dreaming about saber tooth tigers and time travel? I have no idea. I have no idea. All I know I got somebody in the room with me that like to turn on the TV in the middle of the night. So I stay asleep. I don't know. But last night, she's trying to say she didn't turn on TV. So, anyway, I was dreaming about saber Two Tigers. That I was right up in there, like, oh, no, they can't get us. Oh, no, please, please help the Lord. Now, that's why I woke up. Thank you, Lord. I thought about getting killed by saber Two Tigers. What am I trying to say? I thought I was really there. I did not know I was asleep. Some of us are walking in this life, sleep, and don't know that we are asleep. Some of us have been operating and thinking we're doing the best that we can. You are asleep, not even in Christ. Some of us are asleep just in the world. We are in a mind warp that we think we're doing the best. And baby, you are doing the worst that you're doing. You are losing. Because when you sleep, you can't work. When you sleep, you're not productive. When you napping all the time, basically you sleeping, you are not productive. Everything around you is looking a mess because you in the bed sleep. You do need sleep to get your rest. You do need sleep to re-energize. But most, many of us will sleep extra. They say you only need six to seven. At the most, eight. Someone's in there for that strong 12. <laughs> Have your day gone. It's only 24 in the day. Have your day gone because you got that full 12. So what am I trying to tell you? God is saying it's time to get up and wake up. It's time to, for us to tell others. It's time for us to stop being in a dreamlike status and start really dreaming what God is dreaming. God is saying wake up, and I want you to see the greatness that's before you. I want you to see that I got a mission and plan for you. You could be asleep like Jonah, but if you stay asleep, all these people are about to die. If you stay sleep, Christians, all these people are about to fall into the storm. If you stay sleep. Nineveh is not going to hear the message of the Lord If you stay asleep Nothing is going to go right Like it's supposed to If you stay asleep But if you get up And now understand Jonah got up He got up and said You know what it's on me, y'all. And if y'all want to throw me over, I guess you can. He got thrown over, but I want you to understand. Because he got thrown over, there was a plan to God's uh, plan. There was a purpose to the plan. Why you say that? God had prepared a fish. God had grown a fish and had that fish when his mom and daddy plan to eat the egg in the fish. That fish was prepared to do this business for Jonah. He's prepared to do this business for God. Then God has some things prepared for you. Right now, that he's saying, you know what? If you would just walk in me and stay in me, I know you're gonna get thrown into the storm. I know you're gonna get thrown into the raging sea. But I got prepared for you. They're going to bring you closer to me. And then he was in that fish for three days. It was nobody else in the fish. There was nothing else going on in the fish. He had to spend time with God. You see, when you start spending your time with God, that he's saying, now you got to submit everything to me, don't you? You can't, your very air is dependent upon me. The very food that's coming in the fish is dependent upon me. Everything that you got going on in your life right now, for the three days, Jonah, is dependent upon me. Oh, you face face-to-face with God, aren't you? You said, well, Jonah said, I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start talking. This whole time before, he was not praying to the Lord. He was not spending time with the Lord. His energy was about begging and running away from God. Now he's spending his entire energy to be with the Lord. You see, he spent three days in there. Three days in a prepared place at a prepared time to be with God. And God broke him down. And he was built back up. That when he came out that fish, he wasn't just thrown out in the sea. God said, I'm going to now put you on some dry land. And when you get on the dry land, get ready to go get your preacher. God has some things prepared in your life right now that he's been preparing before you were born. He was preparing before your mama was born. He's been preparing some things in your life. And yes, it looks like you're about to get thrown into that sea. It looks like you're about to go and you're about to drown. But God says, I prepared something for you to bring you closer to me so that I can show you your true destiny. I prepared something for you to bring you closer to me so you can see your prepared destiny Let me say one time I prepared something for you So that you can get close to me And I'm going to make this even bigger So you can see your prepared greatness In my name God did that Oh my God doesn't do things by accident God prepared this place for us to worship, Amen. Because we weren't supposed to be here. We had a different plan and a different agenda. And God says, "I have a place empty, No, that, that you you just got to walk into and get your worship on and people." And I and, and, and I need you to understand, people need it. And so God says, "I prepared the place. I prepared the place for you, Mark, to get closer." Now this is what He wants. When we're in the fish, and this is what we struggle. Have You've given every part of your life to Christ today. Some of us have given our Sunday. Maybe you finally gave up drinking. Maybe you finally gave up doing drugs. But some of us got some other issues. And we haven't given God everything. We have given God some things. But God is saying, are you at a place? Because I got to prepare a place. If you ready. If you are ready today, I got to prepare a place for you. That if you saying, God, I'm ready to give you everything. And I'm going to tell you, the past hasn't given everything over to the Lord. I've been through this sermon and through this sermon. And I say, you know what? You know the biggest thing is? It's me. It's me, God. I have not given you everything. I have gone down into the darkness. And I have not given you every part of my life. I went down into the darkness And I have not given you every part of my life I've given you the things that I feel like Lord you can handle that Maybe I can handle this over here God said I don't need no co-teachers I don't need no teacher's assistance No teacher's aid I don't even need a janitor in your life I got it all covered So God is saying finally Will you give every part to your life I had to really struggle with that Because I was a runaway I was running away I was missing. I'm up here trying to do everything. And God's saying, But you're doing it without me. You you think you're renewing your strength? You halfway gone, brother. See, I've been halfway gone for a hot minute. And it was yesterday, working Friday night, working Saturday, then trying to get everything ready for Sunday. I was I was gassed. I've been trying to do this life myself and give god a little bit of honor but i want to take all the honor see i got to sit down and i got to decrease and let the lord increase who's been running away this morning who's been running away at the job who's been running away this morning from their family who's been running away from the responsibilities and it's, and i want you to understand don't be prideful because see it's our pride and our fear that keeps us away from being truly close to the lord it's our pride that says you know i can do all things we don't care about the rest of that verse. We said, I can do all things. I'm more than a conqueror. But God is continuing to say, you need me. You're struggling. You don't know how to do this life. You don't know what's going on. You are scared to death. And you're scared to even, you're so scared, you're scared to even ask for the help of the Lord. Until it's a midnight hour situation. God is saying, 'Won't you call me 8 in the morning and then call me to work, I bet I can work some.'" Out in your life won't you depend upon me and all things not just the hard things but in all things won't you give me the glory and watch how i work stop trying to be everything to everybody and be all things to me and then i'll show you how i'll spin that back out that then you can make a major impact upon the community and upon your family and upon the people at your work stop worrying about what they say about you and worry about I got destined for you. Don't worry about how they treated you. Worry and be concerned about what my God is trying to do right now in your life. He's saying, I have prepared something for you. Trust God that He's got all things in His hand. My God is on His throne and He's still mighty. So this morning, the doors of the church are about to open. And I just want to, there's anybody this morning. Anybody this morning who says I've been struggling. Now I want you to understand. I just told you I've been struggling. This is not a pride thing. This is not about about, about how good or bad you are. Simply about where you need to be in Christ. I'm asking for prayer this morning. Because I need it. I got all kinds of stresses going on at the job. And I continue, God just continues to open my mind to the greatness that victory can be. The greatness that victory can be. And he's not opening my mind to all the stuff at the job. He continues to help me dream and vision about this church. I know God is calling me to step out on some things. But I know, and I don't want to tell you, I'm scared. Some of them things could cost me some money. But God's saying, he got that. Some of them things could cost me the house I could live in. He said, I got that. Some of them things could cost me connections and so forth. But you know what? I got that. God is saying, will you step out? Will you step out of your body? Will you feel insecure? But that boat is rocking and that boat's about to get knocked over. You in a Titanic right now. Will you step out and know I prepared something for you? Will you step out and say, God, I need you right now? Will you step out if you don't have a church home? Will you step out and say, I need to be part of a home? Not a church home, but a home. I want you to understand, we ain't church folk. We family. See, church friends are church friends like work friends. I don't care about you when you come by church. But I care about you individually Monday through Sunday. Monday and Monday. If you want to keep it like that, 24-7. Who needs a home this morning? Let today be your home coming. Because this is the home that God prepared for you. Won't today be the day? Stop waiting and and, and, and and well, what about this, what about that? Just step out on faith that God's got you. And watch how he works it out. The last, if you're saying, preacher, I, you just don't know how much I'm struggling at this house. You don't know how much I'm struggling with this mate I'm supposed to have. You don't know how much I'm struggling with these kids. I, I I'm at my wit's end. Lord, I, I'm. you don't know how these bills are stressing me out. You ain't seen my refrigerator. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't. But I'm telling you, I serve Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I serve serve Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha. I serve a healer. I serve somebody that can provide, who can heal, who will be my champion in the midst of my storm. So won't today you step out and ask for prayer? The doors of the church are open. Give me a clean.